Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Wednesday, March 23rd, and it's it's still basketball time. It's still NBA, right? It, it, this thing never ends. It never ends. Uh, we had a four-game slate last night. Uh, well, we'll take a look a little bit at uh, no, nothing really, really out of out of the ordinary yesterday. Kind of, kind of the chalk kind of pretty much got there. Uh, I didn't play yesterday, and then tonight we got a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven game slate. A ton of different start times. We already have people ruled out. Uh, there's gonna it, 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 there's gonna be enough value on today's slate. Okay, don't worry about it. There already there already is. There already is. Uh, this may be a battle, a battle of two v twos tonight, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what else drops today. Uh, first thing through the door, give me those thumbs ups. Give me the thummy thumbs. Smash the thummy thumb button. It helps us out, or maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm maybe I've just been telling you to, to do this because I'm just I, I just I just want to control you. I just want to control you, but do it anyway. Do it anyway. Uh, hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Suki Singh, as always. As not not always. Suki, Suki is not always the first person here to wish me good morning. But most of the time, yes. I'm surprised, I'm surprised Suki doesn't just show, just open up once the thumbnail comes out with the new video, just, just the night before or something. Just comes in and just says good morning and then goes to sleep or something. You, you could do that. If you want to beat out Suki Singh, that's what you got to do. Right, you gotta you gotta wait until I don't know, whenever 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 the whoever, whoever's making the the new new events on YouTube, you know, you you get you get a notification for that, right? And then you go and you you like it, you subscribe, you comment and whatever, and you could be you could be there before Suki and then not even show up for the show. You could do that if you want if you want to beat out Suki. Hog Lawrence is here. Trey, Grant, Matt, good morning, Grant, Matt. I saw it saw it last night in a uh, Zoom coaching call. People are missing out. People are missing out. If you're a Roto Grinders premium member, right? Which is very easy to do. Just click on the link in the description of the podcast of the video, right? Right here. Get $10 off your first month. You get access to, to the to our to our Discord. And I have a premium channel there called Blenders Game Theory. And you could ask any questions about game theory or DFS strategy, not related to a specific slate or anything. And then every week or so I, I do. Coaching calls. It's like having your own private coach, right? It's a group setting. So, you know, you come in and you say, hey, I, I got this problem. I got this question. You get individualized attention. And uh, we, we had a good, a good conversation. We were on for about 90 or so minutes. Had had four, four, four people on video, you know, audio, people asking whatever they wanted. We talked about that, talked uh, MMA. We talked about exposures. How exposures don't mean anything, don't inherently mean anything, right? That's like that. That's a diversification. Whenever you think of exposures, think in terms of diversification, right? We're going over with someone, and I, I like when things click, when things finally click. Because the first thing that that needs to click for you when it comes to playing DFS, especially if you're following me, is that it's it's you're playing a, a game of math. Right, you're but this, this is a game of probabilities and math and numbers and organizing that better and relative value of players and lineups versus one another. You're playing lineups, not players. And then 
you realize that it's not about it's not about sports anymore, right? Just like who could organize the numbers better than other people, right? And uh, and having projections and having ownership numbers and what contest size and everything, and then just building building lineups that have that have you know enough equity, mostly mostly winning first place because these are very top heavy GPPs. But it depends. They're cash, you know, cash games are different types types of payout structures. And uh, once you once you realize that, then you go, oh, I don't have to, you know, a lot of the work is done for you, especially if you subscribe to Roto Grinders Premium. You get our premium projections for every for every sport, right? Even F one. Do we have F one? We even have F one. I'm not even sure. I'm just I'm looking. I'm looking in our, our Slack. I'm. I don't know if we have projections. Maybe we do. Maybe I don't know. I haven't checked. I haven't checked. But F F one is new, right? So if it's new, I mean, we have Matt, we can you can build lineups for Madden Sims, and in lineup HQ. So once you once you once you learn it's a game of that, then a lot of like ninety five percent of what you ever did before, like you just go, oh, that was stupid, right? Why am I looking this up? Why am I doing what? Why am I, you know, why, why am I building this way? Why you 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 things that you didn't take into account for? Then then the game becomes much easier. Actually, you know, it almost becomes too easy. Not I'm not saying that it's that it's easy to win win to win a lot of money, but just as far as like oh, it doesn't take much to. Once you understand the, the bare basic game theory concepts of DFS, doesn't take much to build lineups as long as you have projections in front of you, right? That that are accurate enough, right? I mean, I could just make up numbers. You could, good if you want. It's probably not going to work out. Uh, and then then we were talking about exposures because a lot of people when they use a tool like uh, like uh, like Lineup HQ, they think in terms of like, well, I'm playing twenty lineups or whatever amount of lineups, it could be 10 lineups, it could be 150 lineups, or anywhere in between. And they're like, well, I want X percentage of one player. And I go, what does that matter? Like that in and of itself means nothing. It's just a representation of how many times that player appears in your set of, let's say, 20 lineups. Doesn't mean your 20 lineups are good, right? It doesn't mean your 20 lineups are plus EV. So I used, I used an example Last night in our in our coaching call, uh, this the 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 uh, this, this subscriber was playing uh, MMA. And he plays all the sports probably, but we were using it in the context of MMA. And if you if you know me, I'm, I'm MMA is now probably my best sport, <laughs> right? Overall, I mean, I think I've made more in NBA. I think I made more. No, I didn't. Haven't made more in soccer. Uh, but soccer, there's no like huge prize pools or anything. Uh, and talking about like, oh, I want to like a guy's going to be. Right, we have a player or a fighter that's going to be forty percent owned, and you go, well, I think I think he's over owned, right? I want twenty percent of it, right? So a lot of people think that way. They go, okay, I'm going to get twenty percent of that guy, and oh, there's a guy that's fifteen percent owned. I want double the field. I want thirty. I want I want him thirty percent because I think he's under owned, right? Which is the right mentality as far as building individual lineups right the name of the game is relative value you want points you want uh, your more than your fair share of points that the field is not getting because they're not playing that guy and you're going to you want to avoid having getting too many points shared by the field when it's not warranted so that's essentially you want to play more you want to play a lineup that has the proper the proper uh, balance between projection and ownership, which means you're more likely 
to play players that are under-owned relative to their projection versus over-owned relative to their projection, right? But you still need a decent projection. So they, oh, there's a guy that's 1% owned that should be 4% owned. You don't play eight of those guys in an NBA line because they're also 4% owned because it's not like their median projection is all that great. It's just that, that ah, they have a, they have, they have a, they have a better, they have a 4% chance at appearing in the optimal winning GPP lineup. They're only going to be 1% owned. Well, the chances of like eight of those guys all while the chalk fails also, like is your win probability is too low, right? So you're still probably playing high owned people also in combination with those types of people, right? But when you build lineups, you're more likely if someone is way, way over owned, it would be better off most likely for you to not play that player. And if you were playing one line, right? If let's say you're playing one lineup, and you're like that that example of, well, uh, there's a 40% on guy that I think is overowned. Okay, well then don't play him, right? Okay, now that you don't play him, you're removing, you know, negative leverage. And now, now at, at now, now you could play the, the other chalky guy also, as long as you play the underowned, but the guy that's 15% owned that should be 30% owned, you're playing him instead. And then you build the lineup around there. So it has the proper amount of enough projection for that, that you have a chance of winning, right? Maybe not the highest projection, but high enough and at a lower, lower ownership level than it should be, right? You would look at that lineup and go, it projects for X. And then you look at the ownership and it's like, well, the total ownership is 160%, but really if it was, a, if, if the ownership was efficient, it should be 180, Right. So like you're getting like 20, a 20 percentage point ownership discount for the same exact projection, which makes the lineup plus EV, right? That's the, that's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. That's how you build individual lineups in DFS. So let's say you're playing 20 of those lineups. You're like, that's the goal. If you're, you're playing 20 lineups, you want to play 20 plus EV lineups. And, and any player pretty much with, with a decent enough projection, right? Now, I'm not talking about an NBA guys that play eight minutes off the bench. They're, they're, I don't They, truthfully, you possibly could even make lineups that are plus EV, right? I could go all the way down and on a 11-game on a slate or whatever and play Jamorco Pickett at 14 minutes. But I would have to surround him by so many high-owned, high-projected players just to raise, raise that projection high enough that would it be worth it if he's he's going to be less than one percent owned? But you know how many less than one percent owned players there are on the slate. So you need to hope that seven pieces of your lineup are on which are pretty much all chalk. The chalk comes in and Jamarco Pickett goes for you know forty five points. And I don't know why I picked Jamarco Pickett, but it sounds like a funny name. Okay, but you could like I guess if I could click in Jamarco Pickett right here and run run the optimal right three oh three point oh nine. Right. But you need like all on, on this current slate or whatever. You need like all the chalk, all, all the chalk to, to win also. You're sharing all these points with so many other people, except for Jermarco Pickett. Right. So basically, he's the key to the slate. If he does well and the chalk and the chalk gets there, you're good. So, but the likelihood of Jermarco Pickett getting there in four, it, it blow out, someone gets injured. Like it's going to be one of those types of situations. It's not like getting 12 points ain't going to do anything for you at 3K. 
Like, can he get 30? How often does he get 30? Right. We take a look at his, his even his range of outcomes. His 86th percentile out, 84th percentile outcome is 24.16, according to our projections, which still is not, it's not even good enough. Right. So you need 30 points. So, like, how often is that going to happen? So, the, so technically, this lineup isn't as negative EV as you would think. Right. It's 303.09 that the, the top optimal projection is, you're, you're giving up 10 points in projection. Right, you're giving up 10 points in rejection to play Jamarco Pickett, but then you're also surrounding him by like a combination of players that are going to be very highly owned. So in order to even get away from us, these seven other players, you're going to be you're going to be you're going to have to lose a ton more projections. So most likely, Jamarco Pickett doesn't make plus EV lineups, but it's close, right? So like any player on the slate, you could essentially do that with. Right. You could go. I mean, typically you're going to stick around higher salary just to value players. But you're making individual lineups that are plus EV. So when you think in terms of, OK, I'm going uh, to on today's slate with Luca out. Right. Because that, that, that's that Fox is out. Luca is out. Who else is out? M- Morant is out. Right? I can just take a look at the projections and tell. Right. Whenever I see Tyus Jones. Projected well, that's that means Morant's out, right? Whenever I see Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, I'm just like, okay, Luke is out, right? I didn't have to, I had to unless that's a mistake, right? No, but I know Luke is not going to play. Davian Mitchell, whenever I see him, he's a plus 10 salary adjusted value, plus minus, right? That means the, the Aaron Fox, right? And they don't have Halliburton anymore, right? So there you go, like, like that. So most likely, these guys are going to make up a bulk of plus EV lineups because they project so well for their price that by not playing, like for you to not play any of these guys, like let's just say the top projected lineup is 313.73. If I X out Dinwiddie, Mitchell, and Brunson, the highest lineup goes from 313 to 295. So you can be sacrificing 18 points in projection. The total ownership of current ownership is 175 on this line. If we add everyone back in, total ownership is 252. Okay. Is it possible a lineup that's projected 18 points lower for uh, about 75 percentage points in ownership? Could that be plus EV? Possibly be very high variance lineup if it is but most likely most likely you're going to be playing two if not all three of these guys oh, i mean we, we may get more value later today and then just it opens up the door to like oh you could do anything you want but most likely like you don't need you don't you, you could get you could get lower ownership in, di- in a different way than fading guys that are projected for 10 plus points higher than their salary adjusted value as a median. Okay. So that's your goal. You're trying to make one, you make one plus EV line. It's not that hard. There are thousands on a slate like t- today, there are t- tens of thousands of them, right? Then then once you make one, make a second one, make a third one, make a fourth one, right? This is the, this is the, this is the situation when you're making 20 lineups, right? 20 lineups. Okay. So if you have 
Embiid, for instance, in 10 of them. That means you have 50% exposure. Okay? And he's going to be 25% owned. You're double the field. But does that actually mean anything? No, you're just, that's just a representation of the diversification of your portfolio of lineups. I can plug in Embiid and garbage players and still have 50% Embiid. And, my, and, the, fifth, and the lineups that he's in are, 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 are unprofitable lineups. Right? I could, I could X out Dinwiddie, Mitchell, Brunson, lock in Embiid, and, and lock, in, lock in Jamorco Pickett as the example today, and run 10 lineups and be like, oh, look, I double the field of Embiid. Yeah, and, but the lineups individually are, 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 are unprofitable lineups. So who cares that you double the field? You could put up 7 million points and it's still not going to matter. Because the rest of your lineup sucks. So it doesn't matter what your exposure is, above or below. It, like th- those, those don't matter. Those only matter once, once you have flexibility lineups that you're playing. Obviously, players that project, players that project higher, players that are more underowned. Are, should appear in more plus EV lines. Players that are over-owned should appear in less plus EV lines. So probably, they probably appear in plenty, but less. So if you were to adjust for ownership, you would build lineups that are decently, remember the goal. You want the highest rejected lineup for the lowest possible ownership, okay? So if you were going to build a lot of those types of lineups, your exposure to under-owned players will be higher. Your exposure to over-owned players will be lower, okay? But it doesn't mean over-owned players can't be in plus EV lineups. And it doesn't mean that every plus EV lineup has to have one, two of these, the most under-owned player. No. There's, for like a slate like tonight, there could be tens of thousands of plus EV lineups that you could play, right? And you're trying to play the highest ones possible in comparison to your, to your opponents, to the field. That's the main difference between large field, low stakes, and high and uh, high stakes, small field, right? In the in a low stakes, large field, the $15, the $9 on FanDuel or whatever, the average lineup strength is lower, which means more of the lineups that you're making are, are plus EV. Right, because your opponents are making weaker lineups than that. In a higher stake small field contest, they're making much stronger lineups, have much higher expected values for that contest. Right. So the average strength of a lineup in that contest is much higher, which means if you were to build 150 lineups and it was 150 back for both contests or whatever, it's quite possible that that all 150 of your of your lineups in a large field contest or plus EV in comparison to the field, because, you know, half the field is, I don't know what the hell they're doing, right? Not making very good lineups. And then a lot, then 10%, 50% were making really bad lineups. And then you go to the high stakes, you know, small field, out of those 150, it's quite possible that half your lineups are unprofitable now. Because there aren't 10, 15% of those really bad lineups and half the field isn't making subpar lineups that your lineups are better than in general, right? You have a lot of sharp players and their lineups look a lot like a lot, a lot like your lineups too, right? 
So that's what matters. So like, like by saying I have twice the field of NV doesn't mean anything. I can plug in, I can build lineups. Like, let's say like, I, I'll show you an example here. I'll, I'll show it right, right here in lineup HQ. So let's use that example of, uh, we're going to run, we're going to, I'm going to run 20 lineups. Okay. I'm going to run 20 lineups, just bare basic, right? Bare basic, uh, just make sure you get some diversity, right? Three uniques, just, just for the sake of this argument, right? I don't need to do anything else. Just This is just an example. Uh, okay, so I'm going to run with just our current projections as of six in the morning, which have not even been tweaked manually by our projections team yet. Right, so, so don't go by these numbers now. That's the re main reason we don't talk about, like, what are we going to do on this specific slate? Well, what the hell do we know what's going to happen is maybe, maybe Durant sits, maybe this guy. So who knows? It's, it's a, we got a, a week and a half of the season left, pretty much. No, there's more than that. I mean, for me, a week and a half of the season is left, at least. So I'm going to run 20 lineups. Okay. Let's say I run 20 lineups and I have, I have these lineups, for instance. So I have 95% Mitchell, 90% Dinwiddie, 80% Brunson, 65% Make me to 65% DiVincenzo, right? It's a lot of it's a lot of kings and a lot of maths, right? This lineup is probably gonna be way too high owned, but whatever, right? So here, here, here are my here are my exposures, right? So let's say I take out Dinwiddie, Mitchell, and Brunson. Okay, I'm gonna take them out. I'm not saying you should do this, but I'm showing you as an example. Okay. Now that I've taken those out, which most likely, at least one of them is going to be in a plus EV lineup, right? I mean, they just project for too much, right? That leaving all three out and, and just sacrificing 20 plus points in, a, in projection, they're, these guys are probably going to be under-owned, right? These are, the, these are the type of players where the guy, the, the, someone's 50% owned and should be 70% owned. So actually, these guys may actually be the most under-owned players on the slate. That's how well they project. So now, but I take them out. So now what I'm going to be building are going to be bad lines, right? Because it doesn't contain any one of these three players. I'm going to go and I'm going to say, here's me too. I want 60, I want uh 65% of me too. I'm going to put in my the exposures of this lineup set, right? Just a bare. 55, 55, 35. So I get at least 35, 30, 30. Just do some of the players. Doesn't have to do all of them. 20, 20. Right. I'm trying to get a, about, a, I mean, you know, it's not going to be perfect, but just to, sh just to show you the point that I'm trying to make. Okay. 35 and 20. Okay. Now that I took the three players where most likely they're going to be, it's going to be pretty hard to build a lineup that doesn't have at least one of these players and find a lower ownership elsewhere. So these, if we use, for example, that we say that all 20 of these lineups are plus EV, they're more likely to be plus EV than anything else. They may be a little too high owned. Right. So they come in high, but I mean, if the, only when the chalk smashes, 
and you have to be perfect, will you win the GPP? So we'll just say this, but I'm putting in the same exposures over here. So I'm going to run 20 lineups without the three ridiculous value plays. Okay. So here we go. It can't even be that perfect, right? Right. So I got 20, 20, right? I got 35%, right? Kevin Durant is in 35% of. So if you had the, the this the second, the second uh lineup set. You'd look and go, well, I have about the same, uh, you know, I about 30%, right? Kevin Durant, Harrison Barnes, Shea Gilgis, Alexander. Maybe, I mean, let's see. Can I uh, maybe do this a little bit better? I'm going to do that. I'm going to just put a little randomness just so, just, so the, just so the number comes out. I can do true range. doesn't matter. I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. Use this. Make it a little bit easier. Just so, just so the display looks looks similar, right? So I'm going to build 20. I get closer to the numbers that I want. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That that made it easier, right? Because I'm not actually building those lines. I don't care about those lines, right? So here's the first set of plus EV lineups, right? So these 20 lineups, I'm like, these are profitable lineups, right? Right? And then I go to the second build. These are unprofitable lineups. But if you take a look at the exposures, like if you, if I built the first set, those were my lineups, you know, Jordan Cooper's lineups. And you built the second set of 20 lineups. And those are your lineups. You would tell me, I would tell you, I got 60% of me too. And you would say, I got 65% of me too. And I would say, oh, I got 65% of DiVincenzo. And you would say, I got 65% of DiVincenzo. I'd say, I got 55% of Embiid. And you know what you would say? I got 55% of Embiid, right? How much Damien Jones do you got? I got 35%. And I, really? I got 35%. Is this getting annoying, right? They're all the same, right, for the, for, for the most part. But your lineups are awful. My lineups are good. Same exposures, right? Same exposures, right? But your lineups don't. None of your lineups have Brunson. None of your lineups have Dinwiddie. None of your lineups have, uh, have Davian Mitchell. So yes, you're right. You have 55% of Embiid in 20 bad and in, in, in 11 out of 20 bad lines. So what does it matter that you double the field in Embiid? It doesn't, right? We could have we could have the same exact. I mean, realistically, we could have the same exact exposures if we both built 150 lineups and have the same exact exposures and not have a duplicated line. Blow your mind, right? And it's quite possible that. A lot of your lineups are unprofitable and all of mine are, right? Because you could say like, oh, I have 50% of this guy, I have 50% of that guy. Yeah, but what happens if they're all in the same lineups together? So like in the scenario today where we have uh, Brunson, uh, Dinwiddie, and Mitchell, like let's say, oh, I got I got 80% Dinwiddie, 80% Mitchell, and 80% Brunson. Well, it's... And you're playing a hundred lineups. Let's for math purposes makes it easier. It's quite possible that you have all three in 80 lineups, and then your other 20 lineups, you don't have any of those three, right? You still have 80% of them, right? Or you could have some lineups that have three, some lineups that have two, and all lineups have at least one of them and still have 80%. You could be distributed that way. Let's say there were 50, you have 50% of each. You may have 
all 50% or a, a large proportion of that 50% with all three of them together. And maybe that's those lineups are too high owned, right? So they're losing EV because they project well, but they just don't win first place often enough. They cash a lot, right? They cash a lot. They come in the top thousand, top 500, right? So maybe you still squeak out in a large field contest because they're, they're weaker contests. Maybe you could squeeze out a little EV, but the win equity of those lineups are, 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 are much lower compared to others. Uh, so you have a bunch of those lineups, and then you have some lineups that have two of them, two of them, and those could be good lineups. Then some lineups that only have one of them, and those could be good lineups too, you know, depending on who's in or whatever, what the projection versus ownership is. Then you have some lineups that have none of them, and then those would be unprofitable lineups. So it's quite possible you have 100 lineups, and it's like, well, you got you got like 70 good ones. Maybe you've got maybe you got 70 of them based on just this condition. I mean, there, there are other factors. You're playing if you're playing 80% your Marco Pickett, probably a lot of the they're now even worse, right? Now that now it doesn't really matter anymore. But the actual exposures doesn't mean anything. It's just a representation of your of your portfolio. Uh so the goal is not to start with how much of someone do I want, right? Can I, okay, I can't reset it this way. Well, can I reset it? Clear Oak space, but I don't do it that often, right? Okay, uh, so you don't start, you shouldn't be starting from a point of how much of a guy do I want? You should start with a point of, let me build plus EV lineups. What players show up in more, in more plus EV lineups than others? Right, because Jermarco Pickett probably ain't going to be there. Maybe you could find, maybe if you built that 50,000 lineups, you could find one lineup that has Jermarco Pickett. And maybe not the highest DV lineup, but still profitable over the long run. And maybe you decide to play it. Maybe, who knows, right? Uh, So your goal is to build plus EV lineups first. And then decide based on your risk preference, your risk tolerance, your whatever, how much of certain things would you rather do? Obviously, more diversified, less risk. Less diversified, more risk. That's it. So if I built if I built out three, if I built out, let's say, 300 lineups, right? I'm not even do it. That. Let, let's, let's, do, let's do 50. Just to show an example, just an example. I'm not building, we're just going to assume these are plus even lineups, okay? We're just going to assume, okay? So let, let me just get more diversity there, just basic, right? I got I got randomness on. Who cares, right? Don't worry about the settings. Like these, these, these. Oh, this is how you win. There's no magic settings. I'm just doing this at a simplicity six, right? I'm not even saying these lineups are even good lineups. I'm just showing you an example, right? So let's just we're 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 gonna say that these fifty lineups are plus even, right? I didn't check the ownership versus projection. And obviously it's 1130 in the morning for a 7 p.m. 12 game, 11 game, whatever, huge NBA slate. And you know we may have 700 value plays. Okay. So let's just say all 50 of these lineups are plus EV. Let's just say, okay. And you, use a better example. You're going to play three of them, right? You're only playing three, right? 
And we're going to assume that these are all built for whatever contest size it's in or whatever. Be like, okay, I, I want to play three lineups. It's like, well, you could probably find 3,000 lineups to play. But which out of the 3,000 should you play? And though the difference between those 3,000 lineups from a expected value standpoint is marginal. So out of the 3,000 lineups, you could close your eyes and pick any one you want at random, and you'd be fine mathematically in the long run. Okay? So that's what we're kind of doing here. We're going, okay, now instead of saying 3,000, now we got 50. We got to pick three. And we're going to just assume, right? I'm just, like I said, I'm just showing you the lineup HQ as an example, right? That's why I'm just saying you would find the plus EV lineups. So let's just say these 50, okay, I think these 50 are good lineups, right? So we're not even considering expected value. Okay, they're good. They're profitable types of lineups. And now you want to play three of them. Well, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie is in 43 out of 50 of them. If you were to pick three at random, you're probably going to end up with probably at least two Dinwiddie lineups if you pick them at random. But there are seven lineups out of these 50 that don't have Dinwiddie. So if you wanted to pick those three, feel free to pick those three, right? If we, if we if, for, for example's sake, if we said that all 50 of these lineups are equal from a profitability perspective, right? If we played this laid out 50,000 times, on average, how much money would you make off of these lineups? Right, right. On a certain slate, you win. On a certain slate, you don't cash. On a certain slate, you come in 426, right? So probabilistically, remember, that's what you should be thinking, right? 41 out of the 50 lineups have Davian Mitchell. So most likely, most likely, if you pick three lineups, it's quite possible to have two out of the three that have both of those players. But there may be, and there may not even be a lineup that doesn't have either of them, right? If you take a look at Brunson here, DiVincenzo, 66%. So it's most likely. But if all of these are equal, right, there's one lineup with Danilo Gallinari. Do you play Ganilla? You could. That lineup has Mitchell, Brunson, Dinwiddie, all three of them, Damian Jones. We're just going to assume that this is this is plus EV, right? We're just using this as an example. There's people in their life, well, how do you know this lineup? Well, I don't, I don't know this lineup is profitable. I'm just showing you as an example of a, if we said that these 50 lineups were profitable, I mean, the whole point of this conversation is about how exposures don't matter. Other than for diversification, for your risk. So you take a look at this lineup and go, well, what if you don't want to play Danilo? You don't have to. If you don't want to, fine, X amount. You still, now you have 49 lineups to choose from. Remember, you're only choosing three. You could feel like, ah, uh, you could go down and go, oh, I don't want to play Wendell Carter Jr., you don't have to if you don't want like you could randomly i could go to random.org right there are there are 49 lineups here i can go to random.org org right allow okay well there are all these cookies i can put in one to 49 right and go okay give me lineup 22 where's lineup 22 23 it's sorted in a different way god come on order or to create Right. Give me lineup 22 because I randomly picked it. Right. Okay. I'm going to pick that lineup. Okay. Now I'm going to go back, go one to 49, two and 17. Okay. So go to two, two and 17. Where's 17? Give me 17. 
Okay, I picked three. I picked my three lineups. You would look at me and go, "You're telling me you just picked r- randomly picked three lineups out of that group of now 49 because you can't stand to possibly play Danilo Gallinari today, right?" <laughs> right, and that's perfectly fine. Reason you don't have to, right? We're we're already saying that all 50 lineups are equal from a term from a perspective of EV. So if they're all equal, p- feel free to pick them in. Pick the three that you play in any facet that you want. Close your eyes and throw a dart. Make it biased. I I don't want to play any lineup with RJ Hampton. Okay, that's for any. I, I don't like those initials. I have a bad experience. My best friend used to be RJ, right? He died in a swimming pool, drowned to death. I don't want it to bring it up. I, it it's hurts me to think of my best friend RJ back when I was eight years old. And, and then don't play, right? He doesn't show. He only shows up in two out of your fifty lineups. So you got forty eight others to choose from, and you're, we're saying they're all about equal. So if you wanted to do it that way, that's fine. So any three you pick doesn't matter, right? Do it randomly. Do it not randomly. Doesn't doesn't really matter. So we take a look at the three lineups that we have, and I got Brunson in three, Mitchell in three, Dinwiddie in two, Divincenzo in two. You know, here are the, here are the lineups. I got Tyus Jones in one. I got Cody Martin in one at 5% on. I got Jimmy Butt. Like, well, I'm over the field. I'm under the, what, what does any of that matter? Let's say you don't want to play. You, 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 you don't, you don't, let's say you don't want to play uh, the, the Kings. Yeah. Against the Pacers. Well, what, what's the spread of that game? Let's just say, what are the spreads of these games? We got, Okay, Indiana's favored by six. Uh, Dallas is playing Houston. Is, I mean, they're horrible. Right? So maybe you're like, I don't want to play Davian Mitchell, because maybe, maybe Harrison Barnes, right? Everyone's going to play Mitchell, and maybe it's Barnes that goes off or something like that, right? That's what you say in your head. It doesn't matter, right? Remember, the line, all these 49 lineups that we have are equal to each other. So whatever, whatever three you choose, it's not going to matter, right? We played this late over and over again. Other than the fact that you're looking at your lineups and go, well, all three have Davion Mitchell. And if he has a bad game, all three of your lineups are bad, right? And, and it, the results are poor. And you're like, I don't want to risk my entire slate on Davion Mitchell, right? So you have these three lineups already. You're only going to play three. So like, it's like, well, I want to find a fourth lineup so I could remove one of these Davion, Davion Mitchell lines. Okay. So we go back to, to our lineups page. Right. We go back to the, the third build, right? 49. And I'm just going to delete all the Davion Mitchell lineups. Uh, delete this lost below. Right. And that. And I'm missing all my lineups. <laughs> oh, did I do it in my saved lineups? Ah. Uh, well, that sucks. Okay, let me let me let me build fifty again, and then we'll do it again. I'm gonna build fifty. I think I had it on the wrong tab. Okay, no, no, now I got my lineups back. Oh, now I got my saved lineups. Okay, okay. Well, what happened before? Why, what was going on? Right? Nope. I'm I'm just getting an error message. I don't know what's happening. Go to lineups, go to player pool. Is this a glitch? Do I have to report this glitch? 
Right, because I'm getting my, you know, I know what's happening. Now we have Seth Curry and Goran Dragic for game time decisions. Yeah, there's going to be so many shenanigans today. We may not even be playing Mavericks and Kings at some point. We may, oh, well, there's, there's four players that are even better values. Right, oh, now, now you're playing Davion Mitchell as a, as a contrarian play. Okay, so let's let's look. I'll do it manually because I don't know what this glitch is going on, right? So Davian Mitchell is in forty-five out of fifty of these lineups. So let's look for let's look for lineups. I'll just X them out and make lineups, right? I'm going to X that out. Let me make twenty lineups without Davian Mitchell. I'm going to pick one of those. We're going to assume these are profitable lineups. Remember, that's always the assumption we're doing. Right, so you go through here. Right, you look at here, and you go, okay. Here's here's uh, up here, maybe what does do we want to play? Me too in the lineup. Also, we have a lot of him. Right, we go down. We pick we pick one, whatever. We would. You can't play Danilo Gallinari, right? We can't play R.J. Hampton, right? Our buddy R.J. when we were eight died in a pool. Right, so we take a look. We make sure we don't have those guys. Reggie Bullock, he maybe could try Jimmy Butler. Okay, play this look. A non-David non, uh, Mitchell lineup. Then we get rid of one of the, of the Mitchell lineups. We get rid of, let's just get rid of that one. Okay. Right now, now you only, now, it's, now you have, uh, now you're in two lineups, right? Where's David Mitchell? Right, David Mitchell's in two lineups. But yeah, I got Brunson in three. I don't want to have my entire slate decided by Brunson, even though you're only playing three lineups. Okay, let's go back. Let's go and let's let's find a non-Brunson lineup, right? A non-Brunson lineup. Let's let's go look for one. Not a non. Actually, a non. I'm going to X out Brunson. A non-Brunson, non-Mitchell lineup. Okay, we're just going to assume these lineups are profitable, right? So I'm just going to pick whoever. Okay, I read this one. There you go. And now we're going to get rid of a Brunson lineup, right? Let's see, a Brunson, let's see. Where do we get these Brunson lineups? Brunson, Brunson. I just get rid of the first one, right? Now we got three, okay, now let's go to Spencer Dinwiddie. Right, we gotta, but we gotta put back Brunson or Mitchell, right? We're gonna put back Mitchell, leave out Brunson, leave out Dinwiddie, right? We leave out some of these guys. I mean, now, now we're getting to the point where maybe these aren't profitable lineups, but whatever. Get rid of these. Just we're just gonna assume these are profitable lineups, right? And I'm gonna just take the first one, which I don't know. Okay, I gotta do that. And there. Okay, so you got four lineups here, and I'm gonna remove a Dinwiddie lineup. Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, Brunson, Bullock. Dinwiddie is just a just Dinwiddie lineup. David Mitchell, doesn't matter. Get rid of that. Right, and now, now, here, now here we go. So out of our three lineups, out of our three lineups, I got no more than any of them in, in two of them. Right, right, but these are still like any three lineups you chose out of that 50, 
it doesn't matter what you have. Like now, now it's just a matter of, you know, if, if you have 150 lineups, do you want, you know, a hundred lineups to have at you're choosing from thousands of lineups that are plus EV. So it's like, well, do I, how much of this guy do I want? You're thinking in terms of risk. You could lie. You could, you could, you could say, well, out of the 3000 lineups I could choose from, I'm going to choose 150 that have Davian Mitchell and have a hundred percent of them. Absolutely viable because the individual lineups are plus EV. Now, if Damien Mitchell has a has 70 points, well, you have a lot of those lineups. You have a lot of good lines. You have a lot of, I don't want to say good lines, a lot of high, potentially high placing lines now, right? And you have a lot more of them than the field has, right? In general. And let's say he does poor. Let's say he gets injured in the first quarter and he's out for the game. Now, pretty much all your lineups are dead. So the variance of your entire portfolio is going to be increased, right? It's not a narrower range. It's a wider range for your entire portfolio. The individual lineups are fine. But how, what, what do you want the, the standard deviation or variance of your entire portfolio to be? Well, that's, that's up to you. If you're playing within your, your bankroll, your means, right, that, then it, it really doesn't matter. If you're, play, if you're playing a very small percentage of your bankroll, you can probably afford, you can probably afford to take on more risk. You're playing 20% of your bankroll a night, which is unadvisable. You're going to go broke doing that. Uh, I mean, or lose, you technically can't go if you're constantly playing 20%. You're just going to get down, you're going to get down to $3 at some point and you're not going to be able to play any contests anymore. But if you're playing 20%, you, you, you probably don't want to don't want to have 100 percent of anyone, right? right? You, you, you don't have nights where you lose pretty much lose it all, where you get something back. Because having a couple of those types of slates where you get nothing back when you're playing 20% of your bankroll, you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna lose like 90% of your money. Right. Next, two weeks from now, it's like, what happened to all my money? I got only 10% of it left. Right, because you took because you took stands, or it could be the other way. You could be like, oh, I have three lineups, and they come in first, second, and third in the contest, and you win all the money. Right, that too. Right, I'm I'm saying the downside, and that's the upside is that that you're not just coming first; you possibly come in first, fifth, eighth. You take even more money. But if you if you're diverse, then you're unlikely your lineups are correlated to each other. So maybe come in first as well as 1100th as well as 11,000th. That's more likely to happen when your portfolio is more diverse, less risk. But the individual lineups still have to be profitable lineups. So your goal is to come up with profitable lineups first and then worry about how much of a guy do I have? Because that doesn't matter if the lineups aren't good. The fact that I can build i could show you i could build a 150 set with the same exposures and you could have a 150 set with the same exposures and i have 150 plus ev lineups and you have 150 minus ev lineups should prove the point and that that was that that was that click that was that click yesterday on the on the zoom call we're talking about mma so there's less option it was like 24 options or something 12 game 12 fights late 13 fights late it was something like that it's like, yeah, well, I could have 20. I, 
You had 20% sure, I had 20% sure, but we didn't have the same lineups, right? So what does it matter if you have 20 and I have 10? I put in the same exposures and not get those lineups, right? Because I'm not going to have the lineups that have, you know, that jam in five of the chalkiest fighters in it, right? But you could have 50% of your lineups that look like that, that have very, that have, that are negative EV just due to duplication. It's like, oh, they, they win frequently. They win, win, win often enough, but you're splitting it 82 ways. So you're not, you're not, you're not making 100,000. You're making like $1,200 or something, right? Like, like when it wins, you don't win much in comparison to what you should be winning when you win first. But I can have 50% of that same guy, and he's, he appears in lineups that are not duplicate, that are unique or under five dupes. Uh, so I just wanted to explain all that because I mean yesterday's slate I didn't play. Obviously, if you stacked uh, uh, the Knicks and the Hawks, you won. And what else is there to talk about? I mean, pretty much you know the highest owned players pretty much got there. I mean, for a four game slate, and uh, and if you stacked that game, you're good. And if you didn't, you didn't. You didn't win. That's it. that's it. That's the story of yesterday's slate, and then today's slate. What's the point? Right. I, between now and, and we got like it's a little over seven hours. It's quite possible that you're you're listening to the show later, you're watching this later, and going, well, why the hell? Like, like Mitchell, Brunson, Dinwiddie, all these guys, and it's like, oh, but we have six other guys that are that are also projected. This guy's sitting. That guy's out. This said that this guy's out for the season. Who who the hell knows what's going to happen? So that's why you're know, talking about specifically tonight's slate. Uh, is, is a lost cause at this point in the season, especially. Oh, let's see. Go through. Do, 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 do. Master says there's even a big difference between the FanDuel 30K entries versus the FanDuel 15K entries. 15K contest is significantly sharper field. That's correct. But what I found, and remember, I do things in a more blunt, directionally accurate way. Right. I'm not running simulations. Right. I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to get 13. If, if, I, if there was a problem and I wanted to solve it, like instead of the correct answer is 13.8 and I'm able to get to 13.5. Right. I don't need to be that precise because the field I could still beat the field without being that precise. And it, I'm not going to put in the time. It's not worth it. The, the time investment to try to get as precise when it's not going to amount to that much, much expected value, that much ROI for doing so. So my, what I do now is for the large field GPPs or for any, really any, any, any size contest is uh, count the number of uh, 150 maxes. So if, you, if you're playing a 30,000 entry contest on FanDuel versus a 15 thousand entry contests on FanDuel, typically the amount of 150 maxers will not change that dramatically. I mean, they'll go up and down every day because they're, oh, this guy's not playing today. Or, that, or someone new decides to throw in 150 and loses 90% of their money and go, oh, I can't cover every combo. It's not that easy. No, it's, it's really difficult to be profitable playing 150 lines. So if you figure that like in a, to do the math, let's say, on FanDuel, we're just going to make up a number. There are 50, 150 matches. Okay, 50. 
right? On a given day, maybe not the same 50, right? So 50 times 150 is 7,500 lineups that come from 150 maxes who are most likely very sharp players. They're building 150 good lineups, okay? It doesn't mean there aren't other good players in there. They've got, you could build 50 lineups and build great lineups. I mean, but how would I know that, right? I wouldn't. Right, so I go, who's, how many 150 maxes are there? Okay, there's 50, that's 7,500 lineups, okay? So in a 15,000 entry contest, 7,500 lineups are from 150 maxes, which means half of the lineups are coming from probably the sharpest players in the lobby. In a 30,000 entry contest, which is probably cheaper, right, larger field, well, it's still 150 max, and it's still 50 people. So that's 7,500 entries out of 30,000, which means only 25% of the lineups are from 150 maxes. I would consider that to be a weaker field. And it usually is. Because the 150 maxers, people that put in 150 on average, are going to be better than ones that don't. There's, there's less of those lineups in there. There's more people that are putting in 20, putting in 10, putting in one, putting in, you know, just more random stuff in there. And they, they could be good player. I mean, and like, I have no way of knowing that some random person that, that has three lineups actually made three really good lines. I, I don't, I don't know. Right. So I judge a lot based on that. So that's, and that's the reason why I prefer lower stakes, large field contest. They're hard as hell to win. Right. You just try to build plus EV lineups and, can I get one, one per season, right? You just try to eat that. And it doesn't matter what the sport is, right? So it's like, oh, well, I didn't get an NBA GPP win this, this season, but maybe I'll get two in MLB or whatever. Like it's, it's one long game. Like all I have to do, I, 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 all I have to do is like win first once and I'm profitable for the year in any GPP pretty much. That's my goal, right? That, that's what you're playing for. And I judge this field strength based on the 150 maxes. Oh, let's see. Mr. Shadow Dog 13, are you going to come help us with MLB? Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, when MLB starts. Obviously, you can come into the Roto-Grinders Premium Discord and ask whatever you want about MLB DFS or anything like that. I see it's Kyrie Irving's birthday today. Is he going to be playing today? I have no idea. I, 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 have, the, I have the Allen's narrative account in my NBA, in my NBA Twitter thing over here. Uh. Jeff Burns, are points more important or is projected value better to focus on? Well, that's, well, it, well, I mean, you, you want to get the most points for 50,000, I mean, for 50,000 sell. You care about the lineups. Jeff, Jeff, what I would, what I would suggest, Jeff, I would highly suggest. In addition, what you could do, Jeff, is you could, uh, you could watch like hundreds of hours. I do this show like virtually every day. And obviously some days I'm off and some days I'm on vacation or whatever. I've done this for almost two years, right? A year and it was two years, but it was a break because of COVID and everything. Uh, you can watch hundreds of hours. And I like, this, all of this is explained. I've, I've, I've given out 100% of my knowledge, right? All you have to do is watch and listen. That's all you have to do. It's, 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 almost, it's almost unfathomable that that someone, and I've gotten messages from people. I've gotten messages from people that's like, I've been watching every show you've done for, for four years. 
I watch your periscopes. You've never heard of me, never commented, never anything. And they'll show me their rotor tracker. And that they're, they're up like, like they're up like $200,000 playing like 200 a day, you know, playing 200 bucks a day. Never hear from whatever. Never knew they even existed. And just someone wanted to say, thank you. You know why? Because they just watched and listened to everything. Right. They never asked me a question. They never asked anything. They're just like, well, everything's right. I repeat myself. Like, it seems like I'm on a loop every two weeks answering the same questions over and over. You could just get the theory of daily fantasy sports. It's a 15 hour audio DFS masterclass. I'll teach you how to play DFS, the game theory of DFS, 15 hours, right? Everything that's, that's possible. The concepts of playing this game are in there. So if you just did that, then like, so answering a question, are points more important than project? Well, well, you still need point. You still need points. A guy, a guy, a, a basketball player today is three thousand, and he's projected for uh, the uh, median value of uh, twenty-one. That's seven x value. But I could pretty much tell you, unless unless the major studs put up like ninety points, twenty-one points out of a three k player ain't gonna cut it. Cut the mustard in a large field GPP this late. There's just too many options. Seven x ain't gonna cut it. You'd rather have more raw points because you're still using up a slot. You're still using up one of the eight slots. So let, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play all the 3K. Let's say there are eight 3K guys that project for 21 points. So I'm just going to play all eight of them, right? And leave 26,000 salary on the table, which is more important. I got 7X out of all of my players and then came and still came in last place, right? Because you still need raw points. It's about the lineup. There's no, is one more projected, better to focus on. There's no focus. Build plus ED lineups. Like I said in the very beginning, that click, you're, you're looking at me right now going, why can't he just tell me? And I'm going, why can't you just watch and listen? And then you're going to get to a point, hopefully, 5% of people do, because I always say that 95% of people will watch this and listen and then never change, never learn, Never actually implement, never, never do anything. They were they're con- they're in constant search of the magic easy button, which doesn't exist. Right? They want the magic setting, the magic that them. What can I do to to win money tomorrow? Instead of going, how can I learn how to play this game and incrementally get better over the course of two or three years? Right? Better and better and better. If you if you like that, the the only difference, and and I, I tell this to a lot of people. Uh, that 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 are currently profitable DFS players that are playing the 20 max $1 entry, playing the quarter arcade. Some are up to playing, you know, the, the main large field GPPs. And I talked to them, especially on the on the on the coaching calls. Right. And I said that I said this exact thing yesterday. I said the difference between the, the difference between an average DFS player and a good DFS player is a fairly considerable gap. But the, dis- the difference between a good DFS player and a, and a great DFS player is not that dramatic. Now, in the high stakes, getting that extra little edge is, is going to mean a lot more. But the, the, I, I tell people all the time, when I, when I see, when, when I talk to them, I go, you, you, when you watched everything, I, you, you play like me. I mean, I'm just like, like I, I look at what they do and go, you know the difference between uh, me and you? Like about five years. That's it. Like I'm talking to someone that, that I've been playing DFS for two years and I've been playing DFS for almost seven years. So it's like, 
from from a from a skill perspective, from a result perspective, it's like the only difference between me and you is that that I've just gotten better over better over time, learned all this stuff over time, and implemented and executed and studied and like that's the only difference. It's like it's not magic. Then wake up and just like oh that's how you play, that's how you win. Your profitable years every year. No, just you, you learn over the, over a course of time by studying. I mean, I used to download CSVs literally every day. Studying, oh, this guy, this, this guy's always up top. Well, let me take a look at what their lineups look like, right? And then you start getting into probability and statistics, and you add that, and you go, oh, now I'm starting to understand what this game really is, right? So it's like that's not I'm not special. The the sharp the, the sharp players in the lobby are not special. This is not unlearnable. You just have to actually you just have to actually learn it. The goal should not be. How do I how do I win tonight's slate? Because that's not even how to think probabilistic. I mean, yeah, now you're missing the point of DFS in general. Build build plus EV lineups, right? You're 500 sided die, and you're getting 5,000 to one odds on a bet of which number comes out. That's highly positive expected value. You're, you're not going to win often, but when you win, you win 10 times more than you should. So you make those $1 bets on that die roll, you're going to lose most of the time, right? The dollar loss, dollar loss, dollar loss, dollar loss, dollar loss, dollar loss, dollar. And you could go 2,000 rolls and not win, right? But it's a 500-sided die. Isn't it the same numbers? It doesn't work. It's 500 to 1 to guess a number over the course of infinity, over large, large, large numbers. So it's quite possible to go 2,000, 3,000 without without guessing the right number or anything. But when you get the right number, you make you you make all your money, you you make a profit, right? You could survive five, you could survive five thousand bets on that. And in that time you should have you, you on average guessed it right 10 times and end up with fifty thousand dollars. But sometimes it only happens three times and so you're still profitable. Now you're ten thousand dollars profitable. So what slate is are you going to do that on? I have no idea. All I have to all I know is that I show up and build plus EV lineups and go. Well, this lineup on average uh, has a twenty five percent ROI, and you know twenty three out of that twenty five percent may be in first place for the top top three, top five or something. I just go okay, rolling that five hundred side of die. I'm rolling rolling that five thousand side of die. Which slate is that going to happen? I have no clue. So tonight's, what does tonight's slate matter? Other than build plus EV lineups, right? And obviously things change, right? What contest are you playing? Like plus EV for the contest you're playing for everything like that. So that's why I suggest theory at theory.dfs.com. Because if questions are like, which is more important, projected value or value versus point like, just shows that like you've not doesn't seem like you have the bare basics of uh fundamental dfs concepts ah let's see and masher says ox and duck may be special maybe maybe he's the only one in nba at least right yeah maybe he's special right maybe maybe he maybe we have to learn what he does 
I think it's just he's just running hot. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying just saying this season in NBA, he's been running hot. But 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 petty theft has been running hot also. And Ben Petty Theft is a great NBA, one of, one of, if not the best NBA DFS player ever. Okay. And he's running well this year. So maybe Ox and Duck is also. His lineups aren't bad. I mean, I, I, I've, 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 I've studied uh, Ox and Duck a little. But I don't, I don't, I don't study like I, from a, from a comparing my play to. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm, He's, he's like in my quarantine zone of like, I, I've still not proven that he's a good player. Right. I, I think I know. I think I've proven he's a good player. I don't, I, I, I don't know how great of a player he is. Like I used to, I used to have that with RBX 88 in the beginning, what a couple of years ago with two or three years ago, RBX 88 to me was, I think someone that mashes buttons and gets lucky. So I would look through the lineups and go, I, I, I don't, I don't. I don't get this. I don't. I don't. I don't get this. That these these are dramatically different than like anyone else in the lobby. Until I until I until I understand that, of what very high risk strategies and very high leverage situations he just tries to exploit, and he has no problem playing 150 lineups and bricking them all. Right. So when you're studying someone like that, you're going to see weird stuff. Right. You're going to see. Why did he play 87% of this guy and that, that I had zero of? And a lot of times that guy puts up 14 points in NBA and, you know, in RBX 88 is sitting there on the bottom. That happens a lot of times. But then sometimes that guy puts up 40 points and you go, is RBX 88 from the future? No, he just, he looks for high leverage situations. Where everyone's playing this guy, but really it goes to the other guy, right? Like those types of stuff. Which is what I, I I do also, but not to the extent that RBX eighty eight does. RBX eighty eight sometimes goes. Can I find three of those situations and then just jam them all in to most of my lineups? Yeah, I, I, my 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 risk preference is a, is a little it's a bit lower than that. Uh, Master says Oxenduck plays chalky. I think it's a mix. Oxenduck it, it obviously depends on the slate. Like Oxen, it, it seems like Oxen Ducks lineups are very, very, I don't call them bimodal. Not really. He plays a mix of like a lot of chalk and then a lot of low owned. Like, like it's, it's like not as much in the middle. His line, lineups look more like a, a, uh, not a bell curve. What am I thinking? A barbell. Like his lineups look a lot bar, barbellish. Like he doesn't mind throwing in three 60 plus percent on guys in the same lineup and have a, like you look at half of his lineup and it's like a cash lineup. And then you look at the other four and it's like, it's, it's three, 2% on guys, right? Like it's, it's completely on the other end, right? It's not like a balanced mixed or anything. So a lot of times you end up looking like you either look like a fool or look like a genius. You go, how did he know? Like Trey Mann at 1% and this guy, and, and he happens to have both in the same lineup. Like what crystal ball does this guy have? But once you, once you start looking, he's playing a lot of lineups like that. Right? So yes. Yeah, so when you're playing a lot of lineups like that, then you have a lot of combinations of, you know, one to 5% on, uh, on guys. And when he wins, not many people have a combination of those two. So when they both have 50 points, you're going to see him towards the top. 
Uh, Peter Ortenberg says, I find that my experience playing DFS is much happier now, but I don't give a crap about my daily results. Yeah, well, that, that's, 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 a, that's, that's the proper attitude to have. Well, what did you win? I mean, I, I've had people come into the YouTube chat, right, for the show. Well, what did you win yesterday? Oh, you, oh you're criticizing this? Oh, what did you win yesterday? I'm like, what, what does it matter what I did yesterday? What, what I won or lost yesterday? Or just like in the example of like, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a 20-sided die roll, right? If I gave you 50 to one odds on, on guessing, you'd guess all the time, right? You'd guess nine. I'd say, nope, sorry, three. Does it mean you did anything wrong? No, if you can continue to bet on that die, you're going to make money because I am paying you more than the probability of the event happening, right? Let's say on a 20-sided die, I'd only pay you 12 to one. Well, now you're going to be losing a ton of money. You're going to go broke. You're going to go quick. I mean, that, that edge is, is massive. Negative, negative expected value. So you go nine and it comes up nine and you go, oh, look, I'm good at picking, picking die roll winners. It's like, yeah, for that once, but the more that you play this, the more likely you're going to lose all your money, right? So people look at yesterday's slate. Yesterday's slate. Well, I did it right yesterday's slate, even though the lineup, if we played this slate out a million times, would have been unprofitable, right? But yesterday it worked out. Same thing with that 20-sided die roll. I'm going to give you 12 to 1 odds on a 20 to 1 event. Okay, I choose nine, and it comes up nine. You're like, Aren't I the best at this? That's the average. That's 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 the average DFS player, right? Oh, and then at the end of the year, they're like, "Why did I lose twenty percent of my money playing DFS?" It seems like I won more often than I I cashed a lot. And oh, I remember that one time I came in fifth place for for seven thousand dollars. But now I'm now why am I I'm I'm down twenty percent? But it didn't seem like it didn't seem like I was losing a lot of the time, right? I wasn't losing all my money on the slot, right? No, it's not. You're just gonna bleed money, right? You'd be average. Now, really bad players, yeah, they're gonna lose money pretty quickly. But the average player is just like, oh, din, 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 din. you're going up and down, up and down, up and down, but it's still a low at the bottom out trend. And you're not building lineups with enough win equity unless you just massively get lucky, right? On a negative EV lineup, which they win all the time, that's fine. But then you look at the end of three years and you go, it seems like I'm like they, they, they put in their results after three. I, I've had this before. I've had someone, someone email me and say, I consider myself a pretty good DFS play, right? Uh, I seem to win more often than not, right? I see that it, I've had, I've had, I've had one or two first place wins and they're playing lower stakes or, you know, single entry three max or something. And then, uh, and I've been playing for three years. And I finally decided to get roto tracking, right? To put it on to track all of my results. And it turns out I'm down $15,000. <laughs> right. After, like, oh, well, I thought I was a pretty good DFS player or whatever. And then didn't realize over the course of three years, lost $15,000. That's what I'm talking about because you're pretty much bleeding it. You're not playing well. You aren't playing well. You're playing, you're losing money to the rake, essentially. So it's like you're, 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 you're keeping yourself afloat in comparison to the field, but you're not good enough to beat the rake. So that's where it all, all the money comes out. You have to still be better than that. But 
the bias of checking your app every day and whatever. It's like, oh, well, I made 200. Oh, well, I lost 300. Well, oh, I made 150. Oh, I, I made seven. Like you go and it seems like, oh, you have a lot more dopamine hits of like on a day where it's like, oh, okay. Made a little bit. Oh, only lost a little bit. Oh, made a little bit. Like, and by the end of the year, you're like, oh, I'm, why am I done 10 grand? It didn't seem, it didn't seem like it. Well, that's the problem. That's why using a tool like Rototracker to, to track that. And then not worrying about what day. If you're playing within the means of your bankroll, you're playing, you're playing less than 5%. I mean, to me, that's even high as it is. I'm playing like one, I play like 1%, sometimes less. So what does it matter? Oh, I didn't, oh. Anytime, so, anytime someone, someone says, uh, uh, Oh, I did did uh, did hard. Oh, uh, I did horribly today, right? So it's like, oh, should have played this guy, should have played that guy. I can't believe I I, lo I lost ninety percent of my money today. I brick completely. I zero. I bought a two hundred bucks. I got nothing back. This sucks. I should have did this. I should have that. I, I I say I say to them, I said is 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 DFS over? Is is it over? Did I did I did I miss the news? Is DFS over? Is there not a slate tomorrow? Right? Are there not other sports even? I mean, is, is DFS over? Oh, it's not over. Oh, there'll, there'll be like four slates tomorrow in basketball. There's going to be baseball. Cup. Like, so what the, what one, it's one slate. Imagine playing on a poker table, right? You're playing, you're, you're sitting there at a poker table. You're going to be playing 30 hands an hour. You're going to be sitting there for eight hours. So let's say on average, you play 240 hands. Imagine sitting down and uh, on the first hand going, I got eight two and you fold and you go, oh my God, I can't believe I lost, right? Right, you put in your small big blind or whatever, you lost two bucks or whatever the whatever the hell. And you go, I can't believe I was dealt dealt uh, dealt eight two to hold them and had to fold. Horrible. Did I do it right? Do I do it wrong? It's like it's one hand out of 240 that you're gonna play tonight. And then if you're playing regular, it's just one, it's one long game. Like going on, oh, should I do? Oh, oh, I'm it. I'm gonna call for this flush draw, and it doesn't come in because it's a two and a half to one chance for it to come in, and doesn't. And you lose the hand. You go, am I doing this right? Yeah, but two and a half to one, dude. Like seventy percent of the time, this card doesn't come, and you lose the hand unless you. you know, I don't want to get into poker stuff. So it's like as long as you continue to do that because you've got the got plus ev on that bet you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna end up you're gonna be profitable so who cares about that one time the one that was right in front of you like is is dfs over did you did you play 100 of your bankroll on today's slate well then i understand that then yes then now i understand it. right either 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 DraftKings and fanduel and yahoo and super draft are going out of business tomorrow or you put all of your money, you put you, you, you bet you bet the house, you foreclosed on your house, you're living on the streets because all of your money is invested in this one NBA slate. So unless one of those two things happen, what do you what do you what do you tomorrow's another slate? Play one percent of your bankroll and just, just play good lineups, get better, study others, and one of these one of these times you're gonna get a big spike. And there you go. I don't know what slate that's going to I have no idea what that's going to be, but just keep on doing that. All right, Clark Kenton chat says, yes, there's another slate. Thank you, Superman. 
Okay. So for, uh, oh, do we have, do, oh, great. Is Randall out today also? Because Clay Thompson out? What's going on? What's going on? What shenanigans in the NBA? We're getting out of here. Don't worry about it. But you should go uh, later today. What, 445 Eastern? 445 Eastern. Grinders Live. Grinders Live with Dean and whoever's joining. Uh, they'll be going over the NBA slate at 445. Of uh, Premium members, Andy, Kevin Roth, they'll be taking care of you leading up to lock at around 615, 620. And that's just for premium members. And like I said, join the, the Blenders Game Theory channel in the Discord if you're a premium member. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. And now we get even more, right? RJ Barrett is now coming up, right? Oh, it's going to be... I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm playing tonight. Like, Wednesdays are tough. Because I obviously I watch wrestling at 8 o'clock. So maybe I get it because I could finish these and I just have three games to worry about. And it's a lot of Dallas. So I'm going to have to know the starting lineup of that one. I'll have to see. I'll see. We'll see. We'll see tomorrow. We'll see tomorrow. Hit those thumbs up buttons on your way out the door. Give me those thumbs and thumbs. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. And, uh, and yeah, so productive day. Explain some stuff, right? Sometimes, sometimes we have these types of shows. And sometimes we don't, right? So, uh, so I will see you tomorrow. Answering your DFS strategy questions, as always on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>